What's up, everybody? It's October 7th, 2020. I am back once again. New template, bigger video. And you know what? I'll give everybody a little bit of a sneak peek. That's our Halloween special coming. Not sure what I'm going to go as for Halloween as of yet. I'll probably have all of you vote. Do I do the show as Deli Man? Do I go retro Don Tony? Do I go 70s cuisine? Maybe I'll take some ideas for some of you out there. Um, if there's a costume that you recommend on Amazon, you know, I don't mind. We'll have fun. Maybe we'll even do it across two or three shows. Oh, Gotti is easy. You know, I already got the hair for Gotti. I mean, and I got the old school, you know, glasses and stuff. Oh, Gotti would be simple. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, now, I just want to let everybody know who's tuning in live. Oh, oh, by the way, I am Don Tony. Got to throw that out there for everybody. Your podfather. Doing this since 97. People tell me that I should bring up that the podfather uh, nickname a little bit more. Um... Look, we just finished NXT. Interesting choice for a main event. We just finished the 30 Years of Jericho edition of AEW Dynamite. Interesting choice for a main event. We'll talk about both. We'll talk about some news. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, I actually could go as Paul Heyman too. I could do that too, but... You know, the problem is I could get the fake ponytail, but when I'm talking to you, I'm this way. I'd have to turn my head for you really to see it, but eh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, unfortunately, tonight, we may have had a serious injury go down in NXT. I tell you, anybody that's on our Patreon, you already know that I was going to shout out one of our Patreon's veteran theory, because I have been saying for about two months now, that Ridge Holland is the next big thing. Reminds me so much of when Brock Lesnar first came into WWE many, many years ago. And he said to me, he goes, DT, yes, he's the next big thing. But he was spelling next as NXT instead of NEXT. And I thought that was so cool. I had a banner made up, you know, stop pushing Ridge Holland as the next big thing, but spelling NXT. Now it looks like he may have blown out his knee. I, I, I tell you, man, injuries don't occur that often in wrestling, but more times than not, the injuries occur, especially for bigger guys, uh, bulkier guys, for dumb moves that like give you an abrupt amount of weight, you know, it's just 
you see a lot of these injuries to big guys. And when you see how it goes down, you say to yourself, was that really necessary? I mean, look, the injury could have happened anytime, anywhere. But, you know, only Lorkin catching him. And I don't know, man. I Look, I, I give these guys all the credit in the world for the craft that they do. But you see some of these injuries, if you actually look pretty close and you say to yourself, you know, um, I don't know, just almost, I don't want to say unnecessary, because how many times have you seen people dive onto people out of the ring? The problem is usually when someone dives onto you, you fall backwards. You know, you're catching that much dead weight, and especially outside the, the ring where it might be a little bit slippier. I'm not saying that any of the outside surroundings, you know, gave further, you know, led to the injury. But still, you know, you, you just, like I said, just look at all the injuries and you'll see more than not moves for big guys that really are not necessary. It's not necessary, you know, I, I think of Ivar, the Viking Raiders, doing those dimes outside. Why should somebody, you know, when The Undertaker dro- jumped over the top rope that time and dove onto everybody and they all went tumbling down, the reason why that's replayed so many times over the years is because he doesn't do it every week or two. You know, you do it once in a blue moon, okay. But these guys do these moves, they think they're 110 pounds, And unfortunately, it's Russian roulette sometimes. It's only a matter of time that injury could occur. But, um, you know, overall, I got to tell you, I'm very, uh, you know, how do I say this the right way? 30 years of Jericho is a big thing. I have been entertained by Chris Jericho since the beginning. Anybody goes back to my hotline days, was this 20, almost 24 years now? You know, I've covered Jericho for 24 of those 30 years uh, as far as hotlines go. I mean, you know, I watched him much earlier than that, but, um, you know, it's a stellar career. It's a story of career. And if you follow my show, you know, repeatedly or cons- on a consistent basis, you already know the history between Luther and Chris Jericho. All right, so on paper, quote-unquote, you know, I can understand Chris Jericho wants to have a celebratory match to celebrate 30 years of Jericho, and who do you want on the opposite side? You know, pretty much your best friend. I get it. I get it. But when you watch that as a main event tonight and you see the caliber of that match, sure, You let it go because this was Jericho's request. You know, you think back. um, Remember uh, the uh, Terry Funk? Remember the, um, what was the the event? Uh, Terry Funk's, it was the retirement match with Bret Hart. I have it on on tape. It was not WrestleFest, but it was, the whole event was to celebrate Terry Funk's 
career. He was going to retire. And this was in 1997. Bret Hart was still heavyweight champion of the WWF. This was months before the Montreal Screwjob. And Terry Funk fought Bret Hart. You had wrestlers from ECW show up. It was a, it was a really, really cool event. Um, but, you know, I remember where you had that guy, I can't remember his name right now. He died a f- uh, very recently. And, um, you know, he wanted to to be part of it, and you know, Je- Terry's like, "Why don't you be part at WrestleFest?" Yeah, I had a, a, a WrestleFest kept going through my my mind, you know. Um, but the thing is, is like he wanted the referee, you know, his friend to be part of it, and the guy got offended. Somebody's gonna th- Dennis Stamp. Thank you, Lion. Thank you, Lion. Sometimes I get brain cramps, especially when you have all this thoughts about two events that just went down and you don't want to forget points, you know, because a lot of what I'm saying right now, I don't have it written down. But Dennis Stamp, you know, he wanted to be part of it. You know, he, he was close to Terry Funk, wanted the referee. The difference is that's a referee, right? Serpentico, with all due respect, you know, and, and I'm sorry if this sounds like me being a jerk a little bit. Maybe it's meant a little bit. But when you see guys and gals in wrestling that have been wrestling for a while now and they still suck quite a bit you see a a pattern of more emotional tweets being posted and it's like you know how grateful they are for the opportunity how much this means to them and they they have to write extra emotional tweets you know, because it's like, you see AEW Dark this week. Did you see that stuff where Serpentico? And I know a lot of you have said this already because I saw everybody's feedback. That's a recorded show. It's not live. Is AEW that lazy not to edit out a second or two here or a second or two there? Just go watch the match with Serpentico and just look at that that series. My point is, is that if you go on his Twitter, you'll see, you know, very recently how he's just emotional and he was going to quit and he's this and that and this. And you notice that the people that suck the most seem to write more emotional tweets about things, you know, to basically to almost give a little bit of um, sympathy that if you say something derogatory towards them after they just poured their heart out, you know, you come off looking looking like a jerk. That main event tonight, you know what that was like? That's like if a baseball player, you want to use Derek Jeter because it was just the anniversary of his last match at Yankee Stadium, maybe last week or something. It's like if, if a baseball player is going to have their last game And because it's his last game, you know what? We'll, you know, throw a, you know, we'll we'll just throw one right down the middle. Or, you know what, we'll just let him, you know, run the bases and this and that. Maybe you do that in an old-timers game. You know, maybe you do that in an exhibition. But that main event tonight, you know, that should have been part of hour one or hour two. If Jericho was going to come out at the end to just say a few words about, you know, 30 years of Jericho, that's cool. That's absolutely cool. And to be honest with you, after the match was over, the MJF clown stuff was just 
dopey in my opinion. But to see the whole roster come out and have a little bit of the bubbly, you know, to basically, you know, go out of character just to show, that was awesome. That was awesome. Because we remember when Ric Flair was almost, almost gone from the WWF as far as in-ring. And after Raw went off the air, they did this whole really cool ceremony. And you had wrestlers, heel, babyface coming out, paying tribute. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Chris Jericho deserves all the love and appreciation. And I am a Jericho-holic. I brag still to this day that I have some of my old WCW Jericho shirts. Oh, by the way, a few people were asking, you know, this is not actually has nothing to do with Jericho. But yeah, CSI, can't stand idiots. Lots of idiots online. I ignore them now. We try to focus on the topics in hand. But that main event tonight, you know, I know he wanted to be in the ring for, with his friend. But I don't know. I just thought it really fell flat. Now. Few people think otherwise. Puffy 89 loved AEW. Don't get me wrong. A lot of AEW I enjoyed tremendously. We'll talk about the dog collar match in a little bit. In fact, I could even throw it up there now. You know, one thing that I love about AEW is that, and this is the interesting thing about it, that even though NXT nails the 50 and over demographic, AEW is still pays homage to the people who brought, you know, the wrestlers of today. You know, with the managers, with references, name-dropping it. You know, there's nothing wrong with name-dropping people from yesteryear, even if they're still affiliated with the competition. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know what? I thought it was a nice little touch you know, I, I wish once in a while Greg Dam and Valentine would smile a little bit more. You know, I, I really, seriously, I wish this guy would smile a little bit more. But they invited him because of the infamous dog collar match from Starcade 83. And, um, you know, the one thing, the reason why that dog collar match between Greg Hammer Valentine and Roddy Piper stands out to, to today is not just because of the storytelling that it did in the ring and the brutality of it, but the visuals. The visuals are so important with a match like that. Um, sure, you know, to set up some of those visuals, it seems a little bit too choreographed, but it's a dog collar match. You don't give a shit. Sorry for cursing. I didn't want to curse tonight, but you should not care. It's a dog collar match. Soak it in. And enjoy it. And when I talk about visuals, you know, obviously the visual that everybody always remembers is this. When the, the chain was wrapped around the eyes of Roddy Piper. And, um, you know, even tonight, you know, we have the high definition version of it. I'm telling you, man, I have sung the praise for Brody Lee for a very long time. Yes, the way he was used in WWE was not as good as it should have. I honestly thought towards the tail end of his WWE run that he was going to go back to NXT. I'm sure any of you that follow me on a weekly basis remember my rants. I thought Brody Lee in NXT actually could have really gone a lot farther. And you let this guy loose. You know, he's got the look of a bruiser Brody, a cactus jack. He's got the look of a maniac. 
Let the guy have more hardcore matches. Let the guy have more brutality. And he tells the story perfectly. And when you get visuals like that, you know, you're going to remember that. You're going to remember that. Now, was this match absolutely perfect? No. There was a couple of spots here and there that the chain, as Jim Ross said, it's an inanimate object. And sometimes it doesn't want to cooperate as much as you want to do. But there's nothing wrong with that. I thought that match was excellent. That match should have closed out tonight's AEW, in my opinion. You know, you look at, and I, I don't like comparing AEW to WWE, but you look at over the years when other promotions will do a tribute to someone during the night. You know, you could look at all the tributes, almost all of the tributes. It doesn't end the night with the person actually having a match. It's usually at the very end of the night, the person's music hits, comes out, about to say a few words, and then a storyline or an angle will hit. Very rarely do you see, like tonight with AEW, where the credits go off the air and everybody's smiling and Jericho's smiling and waving to everyone. That was great. But the match, I think, should have been earlier in the night. Rothman says, I have a tough time on Wednesdays going up against... No, Roth, I'm not going up against anybody. You know, I, I wish people would stop that because a couple of things you need to remember. First off, 75% of everybody who enjoys my shows check out audio only. A lot of people listen while they're driving on the way to work. They're doing work, this, this, and that. I don't think many people want to sit there and look at video all night long. You know, that's number one. Number two, the types of shows are so much different the style, the way things are done. I don't come up here getting through match by match by match. Move, kick out, two count, move, kick out, commercial break, back to commercial. I don't do that. And this is the third and most important thing. I am on YouTube for eight months. The people that you talk about are on YouTube five to ten years. So, no, don't, don't do that. Because honestly, I could give a flying fuck. I do my thing. You know, if people want to enjoy another show and said live, that's fine. But all I know is at the end of the day, if you look up stats on other places, you know, I'm always in the top five or top ten. So, no. I know people want to try to bait me to, you know, have friction with other shows. I'm not saying that you're going to do that. But, um, you know, like I said, I should have went to YouTube five years ago. Five years ago, I had the opportunity to branch out in more ways that you don't even know. Had the opportunity to possibly go to satellite radio. Problem is, and look, it's nobody's fault or anything like that. The problem is the logistics weren't right at the time. It was very, very difficult to have everybody come together and do the shows at a set time. Plus, you know, going from my neck of the woods to New York City in the wee hours of the morning was not something that I really looked forward to. And um, it didn't work out. But, you know, a- after a lot of back and forth, I will not pass up opportunities anymore. And, you know, we're just having fun. And if you enjoy the shows, great. If you don't enjoy the shows, great too. But um, yeah, so that's why none of that, you know, phases me at all. And uh, the haters, 
you know? It's like heroin. It's like heroin for me. I feed off of that. Oh, and by the way, on Friday, not going to do it here because we don't talk Raw Smackdown here. On Friday, I am going to defend Braun Strowman and that syringe. I have to make sure on YouTube what I am going to do is not a violation of terms. All right, because I have said this repeatedly for the last year or so that I take B12 shots as well. And, you know, I'm going to basically show everyone that Braun Strowman, when he said what he said, he's not lying. But everybody out there, well, not everybody, but a good chunk of people out there, they just love controversy. They love reasons just to, you know, to get like clickbait. You know, so on Friday, I'm going to show everyone the B12 shots. And if it's okay, I'm going to check and make sure first I'm going to do it on the show. So anyway, with that said, let's get back to the shows today. Now, something else that we need to bring up immediately is Finn Balor. Now, if you are not aware of it already, oh, that's that's a horrible zoomed in version. That's more like it. That is Finn Balor's actual x-ray. And as you can see, he has not only one, but two fractured areas of his jaw. That is something that does not heal in two weeks. Um, I don't know if it's wired shut right now. I don't know what the deal is. I personally think, based on what I see and what I have researched, I don't think he needs to have it wired shut. I think they're just waiting for the swelling to go down, and then he is going to obviously address it. But the thing is, is um, you know what's going to be the future of the NXT Heavyweight Championship? Give me one second. Just to quote that hip-hop song, it's getting hot in here. Yeah, it's getting a little hot in here, so I got lights everywhere and stuff. But um, who knows what's going to happen? You see, like, Karrion Cross, he won the title. He got injured substantially. The next day, he left it in the ring. Um, they know what the deal is with Finn Balor and this injury. Now, it would really suck to have the second champion in a row to have to surrender the title because of injury. So, right now, and no, Ken, I don't think the NXT championship is a curse. It's when you're on that next level of, you know, ability. And and you know what? I'll say it like this also. Finn Balor was the NXT heavyweight champion before. This didn't happen. Nakamura was a two-time champion. Samoa Joe, Keith Lee. You could go down. Adam Cole. Look at Adam Cole's reign. Did did they all have to surrender it because of injury? You know, this just is an unfortunate circumstance that two champions in a row suffered injury. Kevin Owens. You know, you could go down the list. Sami Zayn. I, I mean, Big E. There's so many names that you could bring up. And they didn't for the most part, have to forfeit because of injury. So, no, it's not a curse. It's just bad luck. It really is. And, you know, look, in Japan, when you see those type of physical matches in Japan, you do get a little bit more in the injury department because it is so stiff and so, you know, just 
you know, hands on. You know, it's more of just really just, oh. I mean, you see some of the matches in Japan. And by the way, I thought that was really cool to see a few wrestlers from Japan tonight paying tribute to Jericho as well. Now, I'm just saying this is a joke. I would love to know how many of them were cameos, you know, in the body. Because like I've said before, I mean, you know, look, I don't laugh at it. But I get a kick out of podcasts out there that will pay a cameo and get someone famous to say, you know, I love this show and this, this and that, and everybody should tune in and everything. And then what they do is they crop it. So they make you think that the person actually is like a gigantic fan of their show. But in actuality, that celebrity, whoever it is, is getting paid to say that. And they crop it out to make it look like that. They're just sending a cell phone video, just giving you props. You know, I don't think Ken Shamrock had to pay the rock cameo fees to show some love in Impact Wrestling. And I'm saying that sincerely. So, you know, I say this joking around. I, I don't think, and I'll say, I don't think anybody who paid tribute to Jericho tonight paid through a cameo. I will tell you that right now. Now, I made a list up. And I was writing them down as they appeared. I will admit that for maybe two, three minutes during the shows, I came in here to set everything up so we could go live immediately after. So if I'm leaving any names out, please let me know. Um, I'm not including any AEW wrestlers because we all know the whole AEW roster is indebted to Jericho. They really care about Jericho. And Jericho even just did an interview with Busted Open and said point blank, if AEW wasn't around right now, I don't know if I'd be wrestling. I believe him. I absolutely believe him. So, you know, AEW is, even for those that don't like AEW, one thing you could say for certain, you know, it, it, re, re, vigor, it invigorated Chris Jericho. Now, I know what a lot of you are going to say, well, when you paid that much and you get this much control and you get this, yeah, well, you know what? If that's what it takes, you know, to keep someone or relight the fire, so what? Any single one of you out there would love that opportunity. That's why I always laughed when people rip Brock Lesnar. Oh, he didn't show up this week. His championship brain sucks. He just, he's ridiculous. He never shows up. And I'm saying to myself, that's his, that's his contract, stupid. That's his contract. I mean, he doesn't show up, doesn't ever defend the title when he had it months at a time. And people actually thought that Brock Lesnar just didn't want to stay. That's his contract. It's, that's, that's WWE's fault, not Brock Lesnar's. And if any one of you out there was working for a company and the company said, look, we're going to pay you a, great, a ton of money and you only have to show up like once a month, maybe every six weeks, you don't really have to do much, right? You mean to tell me you're not going to do it? So, but anyway, if I'm missing any names from the non-AEW active roster, please let me know. You don't have to super chat it. I mean, I'm not that, you know, hardcore about that. But uh, Slash, Dennis Miller, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, his father, Ted Irvine, Bully Ray, Shaq, Gene Simmons, Don Callis, Lars Ur- Ulrich, DDP, Landstorm, Kevin Smith, Eli Roth, Gabriel Iglesias, Chavo Carrero Jr., Steel Panther, Ultimo Dragon, and Paul Stanley. So if I'm leaving anybody out, please let me know. 
Um, but I thought that was nice. I thought it was a nice touch, you know, to see a lot of those names. You know, you may, especially younger fans out there, may not even know who half of them are. They're all, you know, friends with Jericho. And people are paying tribute. And I thought it was a really nice touch. Overall, I thought it was a fun show. Just, you know, the main event. You know, I, I like I said, I would have done it halfway through the show. And just have Jericho come out at the end. You know, say a few words. Have the interaction with MJF. Have the whole roster come out. And then it goes off the air. That's what I would have done. But I don't work for them, so I have no say, obviously. So now... Um, next week is the anniversary show for AEW. One year on the air. And they already have uh, confirmed for next week three big matches. There's other matches coming out as we speak. But they already have three advertised. They have Cody defending the TNT Championship. I think we all knew Cody was getting it back. Because if you remember, you remember when he lost... You know, it's funny. I know everybody was on the Rocky Four kick. Anybody remember the night that Cody lost the title and got his ass kicked? I was on here with Mish. Does anybody remember what I referenced I thought was going to happen? Does anybody remember the movie that I brought up? I'll give you a hint. It was one of the Rocky movies. But if you want to, by all means, go back to that night. Check out Wednesday Night Dynamite. I was on here with Mish, and I said, this feels like Rocky too. Clubber Lang. You remember when Clubber Lang, like Rocky didn't take it seriously, and I brought up how he was in the gym, and Frank Stallone, you know, he's doing his, you know, his song, and, you know, the girl kisses Rocky in the cheek, and Clubber Lang. <laughs> Clubber Lang beat the crap out of Rocky. And then I said that Rocky's going to take it seriously and he's going to win the belt back from Clubber Lang. No, Rocky 3. Rocky 3. What am I saying? Rocky 2 is my favorite Rocky of all time. Oh, my God. The rematch with Apollo Creed. You know, uh, Adrian is in a coma. You know, uh, oh, man. No, no, I'm sorry. My God. Slip of the tongue. Rocky 3. You know, even the Thunderlips thing for charity with Hulk Hogan. But that's what I compared it to. It felt like that night, because Cody was leaving to do TV. Cody was leaving AEW for a few weeks to do TV. And it felt like he got so annihilated that Cody didn't take the match seriously. So Cody had to train. He had to, you know, get his mindset. And then when he returns, boom, 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 boom. But like Rocky Three. It wasn't one-sided for the rematch. It was a battle. And then Clubber Lang and Rocky, you know. So, telling you. Kind of. Yeah, Mickey died as well. Yeah, remember Mickey died? I remember somebody actually online posted, like, the day that was on the tombstone. They actually posted. In fact, if you do a Twitter search and you look up that day, every year people will bring up the memory of Mickey. So, you can't win, Rock. So, but yeah, that's what it felt like. So now Cody's done with TV. He's back. Give me my belt back. That's it. Brody Lee kept the belt warm since Cody could not defend it for those couple of weeks. It is what it is. You know, not a big deal. But next week, you have Cody taking on Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship. 
Next week, you have John Moxley versus Lance Archer for the heavyweight championship. And you have Best Friends versus the Weenies for the uh, AEW tag champs. Let me tell you something, man. When I first saw this, I immediately, I immediately, 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 immediately thought of the Usos and the Revival. And I'm saying to myself, as I'm watching this tonight, I'm saying to myself, they wanted to get away from that garbage. And then we got this tonight. But I'll be totally honest with all of you out there. When I saw it on the shirts, I saw him on the shirt, and best friends are wearing it, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to have to pick up that shirt. So that shirt, I I guarantee you that will be on sale. It will sell out. But, you know, again, you know, you got the cartoony stuff. And even the cartoony stuff with MJF at the end, he's got a clown. You know, I mean, there's, there's room always for comedy in wrestling. Let's be honest. But I couldn't help it. You know, when they did that tonight with FTR and they're showing them, uh, we got to put the big picture up. Dressed as weenies, you know, putting their heads on a pair of hot dogs, you know. I thought best friends would be like, you know, you guys think your shit don't stink. You know, you're, you're like, you're hot dogging it all the time. But no, instead, we had to go the five year old route. You're weenies. You're a weenie. You're a weenie. And you know what? I don't think the crown actually received it all that well for best friends as well. I mean, I was, you know, going back and forth. I'm watching two shows at the same time. But if I recall, I didn't hear the crowd like pop and hearing laughter in the background. I don't think the crowd actually thought it was all that spectacular. So, anyway, Garth, uh, what is my opinion about AEW just bringing a new title called Being the Elite World Title? No, uh-uh, no way. I, I don't, I don't like that at all. If first of all, we don't even know what the the new elite is going to be. You know, I have talked about the idea of the Young Bucks and FTR possibly joining alliances down the line. Cody tonight, you know, it was funny because Cody's the one that dyed his hair for television. Cody's the one that did the trademark to change the look of the nightmare symbol. Cody's the one that hinted everything going back, uh, going dark. And then he cuts a promo today. Like, everybody's saying that Cody's going to be go to dark side and this, this, and that. Well, fans, I'll be with you, whatever. I'm like, wait a minute. You're the one that started the whole thing. But that's wrestling. You're not supposed to think that far in. So, But, um, but it was a great match. It was a great match. The Young Bucks stuff is getting a little bit tiresome because in storyline, it's making Tony Khan look like a wuss. And like I said, you know, I... I say it more jokingly, but when I actually take a step back and think about it, I said, you know what? Um, I could see it happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but everyone else on the roster, and I've said this before, in storyline, would be suspended, would not be allowed on TV, you know, and the the Young Bucks every week, oh, they're fine, 5,000, 10,000, a million dollars. And, you know, it's... the reason why they're doing the fines is be so the Young Bucks could stay on TV every week. And wouldn't it be something down the line if Tony Khan does the Bischoff route and Tony Khan joins up with the Elite and we got like almost like a new version. Not necessarily NWO, but uh, I tell you, you know, one thing I'll give credit for for AEW, at least 
they're letting loose, you know, the tight grip that they had, that everything had to, all the stipulations had to be adhered to. But at the same time, though, you see things happening every two or three weeks because they just want to try to get everybody on TV. Suddenly, Eddie Kingston is nowhere to be found. You know, suddenly you have storylines that, you know, disappear for two, three weeks. And then they'll just pop up again. You're like, wait a minute, you know, just in storyline. Why wouldn't the following? It's, you know, they just, they skip weeks. And yes, we're in COVID. So obviously you want to milk things a little bit longer. But in some storylines, they really can't afford to be missing weeks. So Jody, I'm not talking debate tonight because I have not seen it. Um, Friday, when I do the Don Tony show, if the live Donzilla Army wants me to comment about it, I will. Um, so I, I want to do, you know, politic, politics free tonight. Plus, you know, I'm not trying to upset anyone. And yeah, a few of you on social media, I've read what some of you said. You know, a lot of you don't notice, but I talked about it on Patreon. Because Patreon could get a little bit more, you know, like serious talk. On these shows, honestly, you know, if I start getting into, like, real deep conversations sometimes, some people are like, oh, God, I wanted to hear about wrestling. I don't want to hear about this, this, and that. But, um, you know, because I'm getting married, because I have other things going on in my life, you know, my fiance, and honestly, you got to give her credit because she's a wrestling fan also, and she allows me to do all the stuff that I do. But I had a convo with her last week, And she said to me, she goes, look, she says, I'm not telling you not to do your shows or anything like that. She says, but, you know, even on Friday night, by the time I finish and it's one o'clock in the morning, I go in the other room and she's sleeping. She's out cold already. And she's like, I don't come over just so you could do a show. And then so I have to tighten these up a little bit, you know, because honestly, life is not about sitting on social media all day long whining about stuff or making people believe that, you know, you're you're the studly superhero, but in real life, you know, things got to have priority. So So the shows are not going anywhere. In fact, new shows are coming out. I just got to spread them out a little bit better. So, Anthony, you know, look, a quick question here and there, I will definitely answer, but I want to try to keep this politics free tonight, but I will answer what someone said. Tyree Jones, MJF, and the Inner Circle will turn on Jericho. Yeah, I think that could very well happen down the line. Um, I think AEW's WrestleMania, their pay-per-view that they do, I think it will end up being Jericho versus MJF. I think that there's going to be... It might start off as a friendly challenge, and it may end up turning into a, a bitter feud. Um... I'm curious to see what happens with Wardlow because a lot of people think that the split between MJF and Wardlow is going to be happening. Um, They're just, again, milking it out. MJF, the last pay-per-view, you thought, you know, if you remember right before, the week before and the week after, you thought, all right, that's the split. Since then, they're just dragging it and dragging it. But, um, you know, I personally, and I don't remember which show I said it, But I said very recently that it would not surprise me that we may, not in the same exact way, but we may see something happen to Sammy Guevara similar to what happened to Randy Orton in Evolution. 
Randy Orton was being groomed. Not that type of groomed. Randy Orton was being groomed by Evolution. You know, he was still very new, very young. And when it was ready that, you know, Randy Orton was no longer a caterpillar. It was a caterpillar turns into a butterfly that now he could spread his wings and expand. That's when they put him on Batista's shoulders, Triple H, thumbs down, and they beat the living shit out of Randy Orton. I think Sammy Guevara will end up having the same fate. I don't know how I feel about Sammy Guevara being a babyface at this point. He's great in his role. Don't need to change it. But I think down the line, Guevara probably would benefit getting, and you could see, you could already see, the, the if Guevara and Jericho have a match, you're going to see the buildup of all the poses with them next to each other. It, it could very well end up being Guevara versus Jericho next year, you know, as a, the big money main event. But um, does Sammy need to become a world champion? Um, it's too early. He, he's not ready to be a world champion yet. I even think AEW and Sammy Guevara himself would say right now, no. Um, look, you never know with anybody. And I always use this excuse, this excuse, this example. And um, I, I, and, and you don't have to answer this. You, but deep down inside, I think you'll admit it. And I've said this many times in the past. And Kofi won the title. All right. If I would have told you five years before that, you know what, Kofi King's going to be WWE Heavyweight Champion one day. You probably would have said to me, no way. You know, the New Day, Hall of Famers eventually, Tag Team Champions, Intercontinental Champions, absolutely. But WWE Heavyweight Champion, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. And that's not because of Kofi or Black or Small. It was just the way he was used. Sammy Guevara, yeah, well, you know what, Ben? Yeah, Sammy Guevara weighs a buck eighty-five, but there have also been other heavyweight champions that have been very small in the past as well. And just because Sammy Guevara is one eighty-five now doesn't mean that he's not. Look, they exaggerated tonight, obviously, but didn't Jim Ross say that Cody gained sixteen pounds for this match? Um, the match against Brody when he lost the title was only a few weeks ago. Sixteen pounds. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so, so Sammy Guevara, just because he's 185 now, doesn't mean he's going to be 185 in two or three years. You know, look at Rey Mysterio's weight in 1995, and look at his weight now. He's got to be about 20, 30 pounds heavier, at least, at least. You know, so you can't, I think right now, oh, JR was interesting tonight, calling Ricky Starks Ricky Skaggs. I don't know if anybody picked up on that. But um, I, I think right now, I think Guevara, you know, let's he's got a long way. But he's on the right path. He's absolutely on the right path. Uh, is that how you pronounce your name? Why am I hopping up and down? AEW's main event belonged on WWE main event. So Pentagon and Luther will bring in a low rating. Humpty Dumpty will be the fall of a... Ah, uh, you know what? Look, I have explained the relationship between Luther and Chris Jericho multiple times. I have no problem. Somebody who has had an absolute stellar Hall of Fame career, 30 years, still, 
you know, entertaining fans. And if he has a request, I'd like to wrestle my best friend. I have no problem with that. I could let it go on one episode of Dynamite. They Put it this way. There's not going to be the rise and fall of Dynamite or AEW. And even if AEW does crash and burn, which I don't think it will. But even if it did. Even if it did. And WWE bought the rights 10 years from now, 5 years from now, 20 years. Whatever it is. They bought the rights. And then they did the rise and fall of AEW. I don't think tonight's match with Luther and Serpentico would be... You know, your Mick Foley winning the world title and Shivani giving it away moment or the finger poke of doom. Tonight's match, you know, it it, it was, a, a, to me, a bad decision to close out the show like that. But you know what? It's only one week. AEW does not have a, a habit of doing stuff like that. I let it go. I let it go. I really do. And Luther is not going to be getting any type of big push or anything like that. They gave him a bone. Big deal. That's what I have to say about it. Um, now, the politics question. Anthony Diaz, just say yes or no. Am I voting for Trump? I actually answered this on Patreon over the weekend because they got into the political mood, the life uh, friends. Right now, as it stands, I am voting for nobody. I turn the TV off. I will watch the debate that happened tonight, but I turn the TV off. And when I see what has happened in our country with the racial tension on both sides, when I see, you know, moronic decisions by police departments that after everything that's gone on for the last 10 years, they still don't have body cams that would answer and stop a lot of the, you know, the, the the bullshit that's going on in this country. When I see so many people, whether it's protesters or people on South Beach, not taking this virus seriously and getting sick and getting sick and getting sick. When I see our own government, because they think that they're shielded from the outside world, that they could all hang out and not have masks, and then 20 people in the government get coronavirus. When I see my fiance who has been out of work since March and never got unemployment, even though she applied and had them call. She did everything right, and she didn't get it, and she can't get somebody on the phone. When I see, even on Amazon right now, a thing of Lysol, which something like this. I don't want to start messing up my computer. But something like this, somebody could still sell it for $40. You know, When I see that even right now, me, I love this shit. Gerolstein, I love drinking sparkling mineral water. I usually buy it for like a dollar seventy nine a bottle. Now you go on Amazon, it's three thirty a bottle. All right, Pellegrino water, which is cheap, cheap. It's usually a dollar a bottle. Now for some reason, twelve bottles is forty bucks. When I go to the diner, and I brought this up before, and I go to date night every week, and, and my fiance and I can't go anymore because a double cheeseburger deluxe is $30, and the salad that I used to always enjoy is $28, where a year ago was 14 You know, I'm like, you know what? And not only that, when I've been saying for the last two years of a lot of people who smile in my face and stab me in the back, you know, I just uh, figured, you know what? I got engaged last year. I got my parents, thank God, still on this earth. And I got all of you. I have my true friends in my personal life. I've lost a little bit of weight. 
I'm trying to pay bills. I'm having fun doing these shows. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. I honestly don't care anymore if this country has $30 trillion in debt because there ain't going to be anything that I could do that's going to change that. I could care less of all the bullshit that's going on because I don't have a say. I don't have a say. I know what you're going to say. You could vote. You could this, you that. Look at de Blasio and Cuomo over here. I gave up on that six months ago. So me, I just try to enjoy myself and whatever makes me happy, that's what I focus on and fuck the outside world. I vote for myself, psycho. So I hope that's a good enough answer. But I will say this. I will say this. I think this election comes out comes down to two two things more than anything else. Obviously, the virus, but I think it also comes down to if Trump died, if Joe Biden died, who would you prefer to be president? Mike Pence or Kamala Harris? That's what it comes down to. I think a record number of people are going to vote because they think that over the next four years, Trump or Biden will not be alive for whatever reasons, age, health, you know, virus, disease, dementia, coronavirus, complications, heart attack. You know, we don't know. I don't want to see either one of them die. But at this stage of the game, I think the betting odds that whoever is going to be president, there is a, a good possibility that they may not live out their four-year term. So who do you want to be president Mike Pence or Kamala Harris? I, I'm not answering either way. I'm just saying I think that's what it's going to come down to. And I should add, thank you, James. Uh, Trump is 74. Joe Biden is 78. 78 and 74. They're not spring chickens. So that's what it comes down to. I'm living from now on, man. That's why, you know, I have basically, I'm, if you notice, I'm creating a little bubble for myself. And you all are part of the bubble, obviously. And anybody that fucks with my family, fucks with me, does me wrong, does my family wrong, does my fiance wrong, does my anything. I just, that's it. I'm, I'm not, I don't even think I'm going to be around in 20 years. I'm not young. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to just enjoy myself as much as I can. So with that said, my God, how many people got triggered last week simply because I gave a little bit of love to Billy Mitchell? Oh, my God. What was that? What was that hip-hop? Oh, my God. Look at her butt. All I did last week is I see Billy Mitchell... And I, it gave me flashbacks to the middle 80s when I used to be a, a preteen, young teen, and would go to the game rooms in the arcades and you'd hear about these tournaments and you would have it locally and we'd play like an Asteroids tournament. And Asteroids, trust me, I think somebody with, that was born with no hands and no fingers would do better than me in Asteroids. I sucked. I still suck at it. I got the game inside. And I play it once in a while. I want to put my fist through the screen. But as a kid, and seeing all these tournaments, and seeing this guy win them, and this, I care less about the controversy now. I understand why. Some, but my God, some of you literally wanted to commit murder. How they got angry. 
It just gave me a flashback to my childhood. My God. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yes, Sir Mix-a-Lot was awesome, man. Absolutely. So, anyway, so as we, well, as we wrap it up, 30 years of Jericho celebrated tonight. Now, um, before I get into that, I do want to get into something really quick um, because I think it's actually pretty cool. I know a lot of you out there are fans of the Evolve promotion. Now, obviously, we know what has happened to Evolve, but a lot of you out there uh, were probably wondering what is going to happen to a lot of the stars of Evolve. So today, WWE put up a picture of the newest trainees signed to the Performance Center. And I have it for you. And I have the bios that WWE put on their website. It's only two, three sentences a piece. I'm not going to sit here and just give you... If you really want to look up some of these names, by all means, do so. But what I did do that no one else did was I actually put their names under each of them so you know who is who. So this is only going to take me two minutes, 120 seconds. I want to put the picture up, and I want to tell you who each person is. And, you know, I know I'm going a little bit out of place, but just so you know, one of the guys, if you remember the crooked referee that was in Seth Rollins' camp, he's on this list as well. So the heel referee, Seth Rollins' referee, he got signed as well. So without further ado, let me pull up the picture. And those are the names. So I just want to give you, this is what WWE put on their website. I think a lot of you, probably out of everybody, will focus on the young lady in the middle, who you knew as Brandy Lauren. Um, she is uh, now part of WWE. And I tell you, you look at the this list of of guys and women. I know what you a lot of you are gonna say. For those that never followed Evolve or even the Shine promotion, you're gonna say to yourself, these people look like they work at Starbucks. But trust me, if you actually look and see what some of these guys could do, I'll give you a great example. Joshua Bruns, if you look at his character, you know, as Josh Briggs, it's a little bit different than the way where he looks right now. Joseph Ruby, who you knew as Joe Gacy, a little bit different than the way he looks now. So uh, some of these names, you tweak their character. Something tells me a year or two from now, some of these names you will have on TV on a weekly basis. Anthony Green, I know. Anthony Green was in Evolve. Um, he worked with Tyler Breeze, and uh, you know he's he's very talented as well. And I tell you, a lot of these people, if you follow their personal lives, no trouble, no controversy. You know, just really, really, you know, just dedicated to their craft. Um, who else have we not mentioned? Uh, Jacob Casper. He uh, wrestled at Duke University, NCAA All-American, won the 2018 ACC Heavyweight Championship, and he was also on the Olympic trials in 2016. So he is more of, you know, the the NCAA, you know, talent of here. So they're going to obviously groom him a little bit, but you see some of the stars today, you know, I, I, he probably will do quite well. Um, 
let's see who else. Jake Clemens. Uh, he's the one all the way on the far right. He was, as I said earlier, you know, the crooked referee. That is him. Um, you have our D'Artagnan. Hopefully I didn't pronounce his name wrong, but D'Artagnan Ruffin, who you know as Leon Ruff, who actually appeared tonight in a losing effort with Austin Theory. That is him all the way on the right as well. And uh, I think that is it. I'm, I'm looking at the list. Uh, oh, Cameron Rogers. If you see Cameron Rogers towards the right, he wrestled under the name Kurt Stallion. And he has actually had some pretty damn good matches with Matt Riddle. I actually have brought him up in the past. In fact, out of all of these names, I think maybe Joe Ruby, uh, Brandy Lauren, obviously. Joe Ruby, Cameron Rogers, and Joshua Burns may be on the fast track. Anthony Green is extremely talented as well. And Leon Ruff, I kind of feel bad for because Leon Ruff, I don't know where he catches a break as far as TV goes, but um, they're all signed to developmental, and uh, I wish them good luck. So I just figured I I throw that out there for everybody. Um, now, also, uh, what I want to bring up, there was something, oh, NXT tonight. I guess we could talk about NXT. Now, I'm just going to let everybody know now, you know, going through these matches tonight, I am going through them fast for both shows. There's no need to spend five minutes on some of these matches because tonight's both shows were very simple shows. Very simple. And when I get into them, you'll understand why I say that. And by the way, let me also say this too. I owe you all apology. I owe you all an apology. NXT TakeOver 31, I watched it again Monday afternoon. And it's the first pay-per-view that I have watched within like a 24, 48-hour period, a repeat, without fast-forwarding anything. Like even WrestleManias, when I re-watched it again, like I would skim through some of the matches I really was not all that interested in. I watched it again. And I tell you, the more I saw Kushida dressed as Michael J. Fox, the more I flashbacked to 1985 as a teenager going to see Back to the Future. And I have talked about this with Emi Sakura. I've talked about this with uh, some other Japanese towns that come to the United States. That's why I separate myself from the goofs. Even though I do act like a goof once in a while myself. But a lot of people don't understand that, especially in Japanese wrestling, a lot of wrestlers will pay homage to people in entertainment that really affected them over the years. And I remember when Emi Sakura, you know, dressed up uh, as Queen, the group Queen. She paid tribute to the group. She paid tribute. Uh, and other wrestlers have done it also. Um, and I remember when you see some Japanese talent come out and they're dressed, you know, in very cartoonish and people would make fun of them. And I'm like, you don't understand the culture and why they do that. Yeah, Freddie Mercury. Yes, Freddie Mercury. Um, I thought it was great. And you know what I loved too? I loved that AEW allowed them to cosplay. I mean, I know I know what you're gonna say. Well, why would they say no? Well, you'd be surprised. So the more I saw Kushida, and again, 
you know, I understand, and I mentioned this Monday, I understand that Velveteen Dream was playing Doc Brown. But the way I was talking only about his hair on Sunday, the way he did his hair, his hair was a thousand times more like Don King than Doc Brown. I will say that I don't think Velveteen Dream should have cosplayed either because the storyline, Kushida beat the balls out of him and he wanted to beat the balls out of Kushida. So if I want to destroy my opponent, you know, I don't think I would be on Amazon saying, you know, he's going to dress as Michael J. Fox. I'm going to dress as Doc Brown and show him up. No, I just want to beat the balls out of the person. But the... I saw Kushida tonight come out in his match against Tommaso Ciampa and just soaking in the Back to the Future outfit with the jeans and everything else. And my God, Eddie Van Halen, we paid tribute last night to him, Mission myself. Um, and he was a wrestling fan too. And, you know, I remember when... Uh, you had Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future when he did Johnny Be Good. And it, and when he did the guitar solo, always made me think more of Eddie Van Halen than anybody else. But, um, yeah, when I saw, I watched NXT TakeOver again, and I noticed three quarters in that I didn't skip through anything. It was a re- real fun pay-per-view to watch. And it was manageable. It was a, it was a very manageable two and a half hours. And... Um, yeah, I talked about Eddie Van Halen yesterday on Patreon for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I, I think I blew people away as far as my, you know, my involvement with music and enjoyment and everything. And, uh, hey, Friday, look, you join me Friday here live. We'll do it from 10.05 to midnight. Definitely get a cut. When it strikes midnight, I'm out of here, but uh, if you guys want me to talk a little bit more about Eddie Van Halen, yeah, like I said, you you dictate where the shows go. So Friday, we'll get into it. But tonight, we had Kushida take on Tommaso Ciampa. And you see the formula that NXT does every week. I mean, we, we pretty much see it every week now. And I've brought this up at least a half a dozen times over the last two or three months. They always open up with a match that goes into the second and possibly even the third quarter, but usually up to the second quarter of the night. Very long. Later on in the night, they'll have another match that feels like it went a little bit too long. And then the main event goes long. That's what they do. Opening match goes long, maybe a little bit longer than needed, than it needs to be. And if you're going to go as long as you do tonight with Kushida versus Ciampa, I understand you don't want Kushida to be pinned right now because, you know, after those passionate promos, me, vicious, me now, vicious, I, vicious. And Champa, after doing what he did to Jake Atlas, they don't want Champa to be pinned clean. So what does WWE do? Oh, we'll put him in a match together and put themselves in a dilemma. So they have an outstanding... 20-minute match just to have Velveteen Dream interfere. And he interferes. He tries to nail Kushida. Accidentally hits Champa. Kushida gets disqualified. Champa gets the win. Kushida starts beating the crap out of Velveteen Dream again, and he escapes. But 
Oh, yeah, Dorian loves the new screen layout. Like I said, you know, I'm still new to video. You know, earlier, you know, somebody was bringing it up. I'm only up here eight months. And when people try to compare me to other shows out there, they're doing it 5, 10, 12 years on YouTube. I'm not even into year one. And people want me to, you know, they can't compare. I still have to, you know, build. Plus, like I said, 75 to maybe even 80% of everybody who enjoys my shows every week only access audio only. I'll never take away that audio only option for everyone out there. And trust me, audio only is a little bit easier for, for people. So, you know, if I get rid of audio only and force everybody to watch video, yeah, the numbers will get bigger. But I don't want to, you know, screw anybody over. So, um, but yeah, no, as we go along, the video layout will be different. The number one thing, and this is why I always say leave feedback. I'm easy going. If you don't like something and you got a legit crit- criticism, tell me it. I'm not going to jump down your throat. If you get a troll, that's different. But the number one request everyone was saying out there is, you know, make your video area bigger. I mean, now, if I really wanted to, I, oh, I'm afraid to, to screw things up. But if I really wanted to, yeah, oh, I could, um, see, see over there? I, I could actually make the whole screen just me. You notice there's no backdrop. It's just everything. But, um, you know, I, I like the little layout. And like I said, when we do Halloween, we'll get this. We'll do that. But, um, yeah, so I, we're tweaking it as we go. You know, no rush. No rush. Not looking to, uh, you know, overdo things, you know. You got to dig the hole slow. So, but anyway, so, again, Champa versus Kushida when we found out that they were going to have the match tonight, everybody was like, oh, that sounds like an awesome match. But WWE put themselves in a dumb dilemma because, as I just said, they don't want Kushida to get pinned clean right now, and they don't want Ciampa to get pinned clean right now. So you have a match, you hype it up, you do it for 20, 25 minutes with commercials, and then just to have a clusterfuck finish. And I'll tell you, once again... The NXT layout right now is the best out of all the WWE programming. I mentioned it on Monday. In case you didn't check out Monday's show, there were some actual fans there today. Some fans who have been on the, um, I, 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 I don't know, it's not a guest book, but you know they, they have purchased tickets. Of the, I don't know if they do like a seasonal or, or, but my point is, is that mostly everybody who was there tonight were there by invitation. These are people who have been to WWE events before are from the neighborhood and WWE sent out a very small number of invitations to, to people locally if they wanted to come tonight. And they did the testing similar to the idea I said about two weeks ago. Remember when I said that they should have the parking lot? And you go through the first tent, and you get tested, you stay in your car, and then you go further, and then 10, 15 minutes later, they have the results from the rapid test, and if you're clear, go on through, and you could go in the building. Now, what WWE did tonight, I don't know if you noticed it, is they set up pods. Now, I'm sure you heard that term with AEW, but when you see them 
show the camera on the fans, you really don't see much of anything different. I think when some people think pods, they think that they're inside some crazy enclosure, like a box. What WWE did is that if somebody was was invited to appear tonight and they were coming with their family, let's say a family of four, what they would do is they would set up the area for the four and then there would be like a barricade on the left and a barricade on the right. That would force those four people to stay within the confines of that area. Like they couldn't run to the rampway that, to, you know, like that moron did with Moxley that time, tried to give him a high five and he got tackled by security. But um, yeah, no, Benjamin, they look like they were right next to each other. Yeah, that's true. The barricade, how they did it was this. Let's say you had, four, let's say you had two seats, all right? They had two. Two, enough room for two people, standing room, I should also add, no chairs, enough for two people, but they also had the divider. But on the floor, on the the middle of the divider, there was also an outside part. So you couldn't, like, lean over the divider, like, you really can't see it right here, but this is the top of my monitor. Now, let's say I'm in my pod right now, and I'm a single guy, and on the next pod, there's some hot chick over there. Like, I couldn't, like, lean over the pod, like, hey, baby, how do you like NXT today? Want to go for coffee after? You know, so you couldn't do that. It, It blocked you off. And they had some security there that if anybody got a little bit too close, they would tell them. But um, these are the diehard of the diehard. People that WWE could trust. And I brought that up with Thunderdome. Notice how Thunderdome, a lot less incidents. A lot of people that you see in Thunderdome right now are repeated, you know, people. I've brought it up too. I don't think WWE trusts me. I mean, me, you know, I'm an older guy now. I go on Thunderdome and I start mooning or putting up AEW stuff. People are going to be like, grow the fuck up. You know what I mean? But I've been invited to Thunderdome three times without me registering. And I did two of them. And I had fun. But, you know, it's they're, they're, they're trusting people who have have accounts with them already. You know, they're looking at people who have the network, have this, have that. They're doing, they're making sure that they're just not getting a troll that's just going to sign up with a bullshit email address, show up, and then they're going to just, they're doing a much better job with it. But tonight, you had live NXT fans there. I'd say about 50. I think 50 would be around the number. Now, this is only breaking the news wire now. It'll be a big thing Friday, and I will talk about it more on Friday. DeSantis in Florida is now allowing stadiums to go back 100% crowd. 100%. So when I said last week that Vince McMahon is going to reward Ron DeSantis for throwing the lifeline and letting them continue doing business in Florida, even though everything else was shut down, they're not going Hollywood next year. They're going Florida for WrestleMania. WrestleMania will be in that stadium that they had booked for this year. And it's going to be a big story. Now, you could see people out of state very jealous. Oh, DeSantis is going to kill. I don't like DeSantis. I have brought it up before. DeSantis, I don't like him. I think he definitely mismanaged Florida early on with the virus. But what I say now is what I've been saying for the last two months 
It's what I've been saying in a different way since March. And it's what I say about Florida, New York, California, England, Australia, wherever you live. No governor is killing anybody. No mayor is killing anybody. All right. If someone gets sick going to a game, a football game, or going to WrestleMania, they go and they get some. First of all, by the time next year, hopefully the vaccine will be out. But it, 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 what this comes down to right now is individual responsibility. Every time somebody throws in my face that, oh, DeSantis is going to, and I, again, I don't like him. But when people throw in my face, oh, DeSantis is letting everybody go back to like football games, there's going to be so many people sick. Well, guess what? Individual responsibility. Me, if I'm afraid of catching the virus, I ain't going to a fucking game with 50,000 people around. If I feel comfortable and I wear a mask and wear gloves and wear a shield and sanitize this and that, sure, there's a chance I may still get it. Nobody forced me to go to the football game. Nobody forced me to go to the beach. Nobody forced me to go to NXT. Nobody forced me to go to AEW. Nobody forced me to go to WrestleMania. It's individual responsibility. If I if there's an event and it's a bad neighborhood and I got a 2020 Mercedes that's a hundred thousand dollars and like I've got here's a true story. Actually, here's a great story. Wrestling, race wrestling. Yonkers, New York. Yonkers, New York. True story. Anybody still talks to Grim Reefer? I know a lot of you know him, Jay Lover, wrestlers. They'll tell you the story. They'll tell you it's 100 percent true. About 15 years ago. Me, Jay Lover, and Grim Reefer drove to Yonkers. Reefer was going to try to get on a card. Teddy Hart wrestled on that card. I think Jack Evans also. Might have been Homicide, a few others. And um, we drove all the way to Yonkers. And at the time, I had a really, really nice El Dorado. Really, really mid-condition El Dorado. Man, I wish I could tell you some stories. Not me, unfortunately, but some uh, wrestlers that I mistakenly let them use my car to uh, have some fun, and they actually left surprises on my seats, the back seats. But um, we went to Yonkers, and, you know, it, I think Grim Reefer had said to me, he's like, you know, this is a really bad neighborhood. You know, you go to a really bad neighborhood. Uh, maybe we shouldn't take, you know, the El Dorado. I'm like, ah, oh, what's the big deal? This and that. We drove through an area of Yonkers that I swear on a stack of Bibles, if anybody knows Baltimore and that area that is somewhere near where the Baltimore Orioles play, and you go through that that stretch where there's just crackheads on every corner, and you know, and here's a true story. My father, my father, about 10 years ago, he they're in Florida right now. They're selling their property. Ten years ago, he drove to Florida with uh, somebody that worked for him, and they were going to work and fix up their the condo that he had there. They decided to drive to Florida because they had statues and this and that. So they took they loaded up my father's van and they drove all the way to Marco Island, Florida. 
So they're there for a week and they're doing all their work and they're now driving back to New York. And my father loves seafood. They go to Baltimore and my father tells, you know, the guy that's with him, he's like, you know, you want to stop in Baltimore? We'll get, you know, like the crab cakes and this, this and that, like Baltimore, Maryland crab cakes is famous for it. So he goes off the highway and he's typing in a GPS thing, like the, the address for the place for the famous crab cakes. And my father had a, you know, had this beautiful brand new Mercedes van. I forget what the Mercedes ones are called. Oh man, I can't remember right now, but it's about five years ago. He goes through Baltimore and he starts seeing like houses like burnt to the ground. He sees people on the corners. They all look like they're high and this and that. And within five minutes, the cops pulled my father over. And my father says, you know, what did I do? And the cop said, what are you doing in this neighborhood? Are you nuts? My father's like, we want to go get crab cakes. I swear on God, the cops escorted my father all the way to the place for the crab cakes. My father bought them crab cakes and then escorted him back to the highway because he thought that, um, no, it's not, the, it, could it be the Sprinter? There's another model. It's not this, it may be the Sprinter. Um, it sounds right, but there's another model also. I don't know if it's a Sprinter, but they escorted him. That's how bad the neighborhood is. We went through Yonkers, and that area was very close to what it was like in Baltimore. And even when I parked my car, you know, we got out of the car and there was a whole bunch of guys just hanging out in the parking lot area. And the whole night, I was really, really nervous that somebody was going to take my car. So, I I don't even... How did we even get on this topic? I don't even know. So, anyway, um, just getting back to NXT now. And by the way, shout out to everybody who is live right now. You know... That person earlier who was talking about how, you know, we had so few viewers. We're about four times as many now, and hopefully the number keeps building. So, um, no, it wasn't a Tetris. No. I, you know, it probably was the Sprinter. It looked like a box. Like the, it looks like a box. The, the truck was a box, the van. So, thank you, VJ, for the kind words. They escorted him. What did I say? Escorted him? Escorted him. So, uh, yeah, but, oh no. So what I was saying before, before we go back to it. So the point is my point about bringing up Yonkers is, is that if something would have happened in my car that night, it was my choice to go to a wrestling event in a horrible neighborhood. I worked an event for Mr. Big in Spanish Harlem. And I've always told the story that I actually managed homicide and... I think it was homicide and reefer against two other people. That's when Sandman came me across the head. And when I came out as the manager, like I went to the bodega on the corner and I bought air freshener. It wasn't a prejudice thing. But what I did was when I walked out and I walked around ringside, I sprayed the area to make it like everybody smells like shit around ringside. But when I sprayed it and I looked around, everybody was black. Biggest mistake I did. And I really got concerned after. Like, you know, my cars could have, have tires slashed and everything like that. After the show was over, everybody was having fun, laughing. They knew it was part of the show. So, um, 
So it's individual responsibility. No one's forcing you to go to NXT. No one's forcing you to go anywhere else. If you get sick, yes, it could happen because of a really extreme, odd circumstance. I know someone who is convinced their grandmother got sick for signing for a UPS package. She was around nobody, never left the house, wore gloves when she took her mail, but she brought a box in, was not wearing gloves, and she caught the virus. And she, they swore to this day that she caught it from the UPS driver. And all he did was, you know, zap it, give it a box, and she got it. So I understand there's definitely some uh, outrageous, you know, examples. It's bad luck. But overall... If you social distance and you wear a mask, you wash your hands and you sanitize, and you don't let anybody cough or breathe, you know, right in your face, the chances of you getting it is very, very slim. Seven million Americans have gotten the virus. Uh, it, that, that's seven million too many. But people also need to understand our country is a country of 300 million so when you add up 7 million, 3 million is 1%. So 7 million is 2.5%. That means that, it, as far as we know, 97% of our country never got the virus. It's still a pandemic. You still got to be careful. But the mindset to a lot of people is, oh, oh, it's a 99% recovery. I hear the nightmare stories about you know long-term effects, brain damage and other things. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. Even though I know I'll be I'll I'll recover from it. I don't want to get it. I don't want the chance that I'd be doing the show with everybody here and I'm like NXT tonight. You know, from uh Tampa Florida and oh I start just, you know, saying like, "Hey, you know, Tommaso Ciampa versus Kushida, they had a great match and Hogan came for the save." And, like I just wander and not even know what I'm talking about, you know? I don't want I don't want to get it. So I choose what I do. I choose where I want to go. So things opening up again, it's individual responsibility. DeSantis ain't killing anyone. So we had some NXT fit tonight at the show. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. You know, I don't I don't even know what that's called. And it's not Tourette's. I'm not doing Tourette's. Because Tourette's is a totally different thing. But um so we had some NXT fans today. NXT setup is the best of all. And now with things opening up even further, you know, as long as the fans have their own separate entrance, their own separate exit, and everything is fumigated after they leave, I think it's very safe for them to appear at NXT. And you add Thunderdome in the background, not too much of it. It's nice, but I'll say this. And Joe says I sounded like dice. Ah, oh, I left my dice hat inside. You know what? Before we go any further, should we announce the winner? Since we're talking about Champa, this is from the takeover match between Champa and Karrion Cross. As you can see, it is from WWE. All right, there we go. See? NXT in your house, limited edition, only 30 of these in the world. This is straight authenticity from WWE. See, it is signed by Tommaso Ciampa, Karrion Cross. It's it's a little glossy because I'm, it's in a plastic divider. About an hour before we went live, I went two weeks ago, and um, I uh, 
randomly chose a winner. And remember, you always have to use the hashtag WND, which is short for Wednesday Night Dynamite. And uh, we have a winner. So I'm going to share with you. And, you know, like I say, I always do this this way. I can't finagle it. I can't finagle it. So it randomly just picks someone. And congratulations to the person who won the contest. Here's the results. Congratulations to Gooch, whatever his name is. <sighs> DM me your shipping info. Hopefully, you know, look, the contest is always open to everybody. So hopefully you live within the United States so the shipping charge is a little bit low. Because this thing is not an 8x10. I actually had to buy these, like, gigantic envelopes. Look, I'm actually putting it in the envelope right now. Look at this thing. I don't know how nice it'll be if it has to go, like, thousands of miles away. So, Sam, what is this week's prize? That's a good question. I didn't think of anything this week. Um, what should we do? Give me an idea. Should we do, like, a five-pack of shirts? Like, you could choose five shirts. You could choose any wrestling promotion, any podcaster. It could be AEW. I know they're coming out with the hot dog shirt. You know, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you want this. You know, so maybe we'll do that. Let's do that then. All right. Yeah, it sounds good. So this is how we play. We're keeping it simple. Now, just so you know, I think I'm going to do this Friday. If not Friday, I may even do it next week. We're going to do a Who Am I contest. And it's going to have to do it NXT or AEW. I mean, I know we did one before. I think it was uh, Martell, whatever his name is, Matt Martell. But, yeah, we'll do five pack of shirts. You know, you could choose any wrestling promotion. You could choose WWE if you want. Um, there's a lot of nice shirts out there. There's some really cool. The other day, somebody uh, asked for uh Io Shirai shirt. There was a really, really nice one that's out. Uh, AEW's come out with some really good ones. They even have one for breast cancer awareness that's actually pretty nice also. So here's the format. Very simple. Did tonight's show in the comments section on YouTube, write whatever you want, all right? All you got to make sure, though, is make sure you put hashtag WND. Now, unfortunately, I, I didn't have the, the actual logo queued up in the computer, so maybe I could pull it up really, really quick. I know the chat room will actually pull it up, but I'm looking for WND. Uh, let me see. I know it was a PNG file, so... Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. But, you, you, I mean, look, let's be honest. You all aren't stupid. Well, you know, the hashtag symbol, you just put hashtag WND. I'm still looking. I don't see it. I had it in my computer also. You know what it is? I've been um, taking all the photos because they pile up quickly, and I've been putting them in different areas. So, yeah, I don't have it here, but 
you know, some people are putting in the hashtag right now. In fact, you know what? Right now in the chat, I'm putting it. Hashtag WND. Just like Psycho wrote, just like I wrote. In the comment section. Yes, the comment section, not the chat area. Because in two weeks, I will run the program, and the program will look for somebody random in the comment section, and uh, they'll win the five shirts. So, yeah. So, that's the deal. So, very simple. Hashtag WND, write whatever you want. That guy wanted to give people x and he won the prize. Go figure. So, anyway. So, Kushida loses to Ciampa. The feud with Velveteen Dream continues. And um, it was a great match. And I hated the way it ended. It could, there was so many other ways. I personally would not have done Kushida versus Ciampa in the first place. How come Jake Atlas didn't come out and try to get revenge on Ciampa? You know, it was just, I didn't like it because you knew there was going to be a BS finish in it. So now Ember Moon comes out. Now, for those that don't know, WWE was advertising all day long that Ember Moon was going to open up NXT. The last minute they changed it. I don't know if it's because, I'll tell you the truth, I'm not saying this to be a jerk, Will Hobbs definitely has a bright future. Will Hobbs tonight showed he is not on the level of Brian Cage, not even close. It was for the FTW title, and there were points. Now, there were some points in that match that was fun. They were trading German suplexes, you know, showing, like, their strength. But there was one point where Will Hobbs got Brian Cage in the corner, And you could actually see Brian Cage telling Will Hobbs, you know, what to do. And Will Hobbs was like, he looked confused. He does like a forearm. And then he's going to pull Brian Cage from the corner. Now, I know we're not doing AEW recap yet, but I'm bringing up a point. He then You'll see what what I'm talking about, too. He puts Brian Cage in the corner, and he punches him. And then you see Brian Cage say something. He wails back, and then he does it again, and he looked lost. He looked like, you know, he, he just... It, it, it was a decent match, but I personally think, just an opinion, but I think that WWE expected AEW to open up with maybe Cody and Brody Lee or a bigger match. Yes, the FT, FTW title, Cage and Hobbs, is a big match, but I think WWE expected a different match to open up. And once they found out, because, you know, they do have people that do, you know, talk. Once they found out that they were opening up with Brian Cage and Will Hobbs, I think WWE said, you know what? We don't have to have Ember Moon uh, go against that. We'll have Kushida and Chomper instead. Could have also been the opposite, too. I mean, they could have thought that, wow, Ember Moon may have uh, a tough competition on the opposite side so we'll do a match and then bring her out but um yeah cage was calling spots uh look you know look i i mean will hobbs is not bad it's just you know he's getting an opportunity and that is nice to see um getting a title shot and and that's another thing you know we'll we'll talk about that later with Taz and offer him the job. I'm I'm sick of people offering people jobs in clicks. You know, it's just too much of that all of a sudden. 
Um, and think about it for a minute. People offering people to join the dark order. People offering people to be part of uh, the uh, the hurt business. People to, to, to join Team Tad. Everybody wants people to join a faction now. It's getting old quickly. So Ember Moon comes out there, and you know she's talking about how you know she had her fourteen month hiatus, and you know she's back. And she sees that a lot of things changed in NXT. And she talked about how she got on a motorcycle and drove, you know, long roads, miles and miles. But um, she says that no one could walk over or all over anymore. No one could tell her what to do. And she says, uh, what did she say? Uh, Mama wants gold. I think something like Mama wants gold. I wrote it down. Where, where is it? I, I could have sworn that I wrote it down. Yeah. Well, anyway. Oh, yeah. Mama wants some gold, baby. Mama wants some gold. She gets interrupted by Io Shirai. Before anything could go down, Rhea Ripley's music hits. Now I'm starting to think to us, oh, here we go. Four-way, five-way, whatever it is. But Rhea Ripley's music hits. And Rhea Ripley's talking about how Ember Moon, she thinks she deserves a title shot. And then the next thing you know, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, they attack Rhea Ripley. And for some reason, Ember Moon wants to help Rhea Ripley. And she does. She she helps chase away Gonzalez and Kai. And then William Regal, stop, stop, stop. You know, you want to fight so much. All right, tonight it's going to be two on two. That's the main event. And I'm like, you know, with all due respect... Again, it once again feels like the women were put in the main event because they wanted to put women in the main event. I'm so, I'm sorry for saying it like that, but this was what? Ember, reward for Ember Moon that she's back, so we're going to put her in the main event. I'm just telling you how, as I saw it. You look at the Thunderdome crowd during that main event. Just look at it. Look at the crowd when Champa versus Kushida was going on, they were animated, thumbs down. This is way before Velveteen Dream came out. And they were all, and by the end of the night, they were just there like this. Most of them. Um, I will say this. I don't know what you would have put in its place as the main event. Because NXT tonight, was not very strong on paper. I hate using that phrase, but, you know, there's a reason why. Look at the preview. Look at the preview I did for tonight's show. Look at that. Only one match I put. We had no idea. And again, lazy once again. They don't put the names. They don't put nothing. WWE's been doing that now for five straight weeks. I don't know who in their mindset thinks it's smart. They do it on the TV, and they do it right before the match starts. But all week when they hype it up, they, they won't put the graphics. Oh, this person is going to face this person. Just imagine the gauntlet elimination, eliminator match. And for a whole week, they have five heads on the screen and didn't even tell you what type of match it was going to be. You have the face-off. You have the face-off with Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, and Shawn Michaels moderating it. And all it is is Shawn Michaels in the middle with his goofy face, and you have Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor looking at each other. 
You couldn't tell if it was a face-off or maybe they were going to wrestle and Sean was going to be the special guest. Right? You, 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 you. It's like WWE's forcing you to research, and I don't. I think that is think that is lazy. I think that is absolutely lazy. Um. So anyway, we now have the tag match later on, and William Regal tells us it's the main event. Okay, fine. So we then get a skit, a lot of segments today. And that's another thing WWE has been doing too. They, when you watch the two-hour show, it feels like a lot of the roster was on. But there's so many backstage segments that the people who were there live are on Thunderdome. I mean, they're not treated to very many matches. You know, the Undisputed Era backstage segment. Uh, Gargano and Candice LeRae, you know, outside the arena. A lot of it. You know, I mean, we had a few that led to matches. Case in point, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, the newest odd couple tag team, which I like it. I, I've talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's comedy. I find it funny that Killian Dane is using Drake Maverick as a weapon basically powerbombed him onto one of the members of Everrise tonight, and they got the win. And they're playing this cheesy 80s music, and it's like uh, like the odd couple. And, um, you know, it's, it's comedy, but, you know, I don't mind it. But, again, I know Tyler Breeze is not cleared to wrestle right now, but what happened to the number one contenders for the tag titles? That's a mess. Just a lot of mess. Yeah, Killian Dane definitely needs a shave, but that's the whole beauty behind it. You know, it's he looks like a, I don't want to say a slob, but he looks disheveled. He looks disheveled. He looks uh, rough, grizzled, you know, so kind of different from Drake Maverick. Um, Adam Cole, he's backstage with the Undisputed Era. Calls him, says that he's got broken ribs and Ridge Holland is a dead man. Ridge Holland shows up in a Mercedes. They ask him, you know, about his actions. And the storyline is that somebody paid Ridge Holland to take out Adam Cole. And I know a lot of you out there starting to think that maybe a member of the Undisputed Era was behind it. Don't know. But all I know is that things are thrown into disarray right now because we don't know what happened to Ridge Holland today. So... As I said, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane beat Everrise. Uh, basically, what as I said, Killian Dane picked up Drake Maverick and powerbombed him onto Chase Parker. And then after the match is over, they're trying to celebrate Killian Dane. Even earlier when he found out that Drake Maverick booked him in a match, he was not happy about it. It's the odd couple, but it's fine. It's fine. No, I don't think Adam Cole is mid-card right now. I think they're just trying to even the field a little bit. He had a a record run. He had an awesome run. So, you know, what do you do with him now? I mean, they're not bringing him to the main roster, it apparently seems. Uh, I know some of you asked earlier about the draft. On Monday, I got into several draft ideas with Mish. On the TakeOver recap, I talked about a few people I think should go to the main brand. I'm not sure if they're going to put Gargano and LeRae on the main brand because they're kind of teasing, you know, the storyline now, you know, with the TV and everything that happened earlier. Um, hopefully we'll have some good news that Ridge Holland is not... See, hopefully he didn't blow out his knee. 
that's our biggest hope right now. He didn't blow out his knee. You know, when uh, he had the match early with um, Danny Birch, beat him very soundly, and after he beat him, started beating him further. Oni Larkin comes out. Oni Larkin actually getting, you know, quite a bit of offense on Ridge Holland. You almost felt like, okay, this is going to set up their match next week. But then while Ridge Holland was outside the ring, Oni Larkin dives onto him. Ridge Holland catches him and his leg buckled. And it looked scary. Um, They put him on a stretcher. They went to commercial. When they came back, he gave the thumbs up. Everybody gave him a round of applause. You know, even though he's a heel, you know, like he still had that brief, you know, reality, emotion, you know, being straight up and gave everybody the thumbs up, which was good to see. But, you know, we, right now we got to hold our breath because that guy, I, I, I've i said it on this show repeatedly, just reminds me so much of a young Brock Lesnar. And that's a good thing. So, um, so anyway... Uh, the, the vignette, like I said, many vignettes tonight. Gargano and Larray, they're walking their dog. They go back to the house, and there's a giant high-definition television, because you remember the, the last TV that broke. Um, Austin Theory beating Leon Ruff. And after the match is over, uh, Austin Theory saying that he's the future of NXT. He repeats himself. Then Dexter Loomis comes out. Next thing you know, we have an impromptu match, and here is, once again, as we say, the formula, the, the, that, the blueprint that WWE does every week with NXT. Here is your second match that goes way too long. Dexter Loomis has been my favorite NXT star for a while now. Originally, it was Keith Lee, and he replaced it, but Dexter Loomis was injured, so we didn't get that much of him. I'm not I don't like how they tweaked his music, but maybe it'll grow on me a little bit. But um that match went way too long. Way too long. Dexter Loomis ultimately gets the win and you know Cameron Grimes nails him. And when they showed the replay it looked kind of stupid because Dexter Loomis is just standing there watching it, waiting for it, taking it like like here it comes. But uh, so Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes are going to have a little bit of a feud, which, you know, we'll see. Cameron Grimes has grown on me a little bit, a little bit. I think a little bit more of an attitude, not laughing all the time, might actually help him. But, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling what they did with the, the music with Dexter Loomis. It didn't need to be tweaked at all. This sometimes simple music with just that beat that sounds like it feels like a heartbeat. It was great. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. So anyway, um, then we have the main event. Pretty much. I don't think I left any matches. Oh, we had Shotzi Blackheart beat Zia Lee, and that was a little confusing because we have Zia Lee basically. You know, the storyline was maybe a little bit of an attitude change. Yeah, they gave Shotzi Blackheart a little bit of a win. She's going to be hosting NXT Hollywood, Halloween Havoc. Um, but Zia Lee, I, I don't know where she fits right now. You know, let's see if anybody from NXT gets drafted to Raw or SmackDown. You know, there's a few names that I've talked about already. But when you watch tonight... Even with what happened with Gargano and Larray with the TV, 
you know, this obviously is going to continue a little bit. So um, we also had a really great segment with Tony Storm. They talked about, you know, her, you know, being on hiatus because of, you know, they didn't, they don't talk about the pandemic, but she's been on hiatus and she's been wrestling things since she was what? Did she say 13 or 17? I, she said a, a very, very young age. But Tony Storm, you know, we talked about on Monday. If you remember, I put her head, you know, with the screen. She is going to get some attention. But you ask yourself right now, I don't know. Because now you got Ember Moon. You got Rhea Ripley. You got Io Shirai. And then you got even Dakota Kai. They want to keep her around that as well. So where does Tony Storm fit in this? So we we will see. It'll be interesting. I'm not saying Tony Storm's going to get drafted to Raw SmackDown. I think that's way too soon. But it would not surprise me if Raquel Gonzalez gets drafted. I think she actually could kind of replace Sonya Deville. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. So, um, so the main event tonight, you had Ember Moon. And Rhea Ripley beating Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. It was a fun match. Yeah, I think Lars will be in NXT. I don't think it's going to be a drafting. I think he could just show up. It could just show up and be attacking people. But uh, it, the main event was a fun match. But again, you look at it, and I invite you again to look at the Thunderdome crowd. And the Thunderdome crowd uh, was not very into it. But when you look at the matches, like it's from NXT, it was very, very flat. Very flat. Um, I It almost felt like because AEW was hyping 30 years of Jericho, that they knew that they weren't going to pop a rating. And that's a shame because they just had an awesome takeover. Yes, Balor's injured. Yes, Kyle O'Reilly is all bumped and bruised. But even if they weren't, I don't think they would have been wrestling tonight. So it just felt like... And look, I like Ember Moon. She did excellent in NXT. But when we get into the quarter-hour ratings, probably Friday, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of rating she gets. I, I Does Ember Moon suddenly equal big-time ratings? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Sasha got 900,000, and everybody thought that was incredible, unbelievable. <laughs> just have Ricky Starks and Darby Allen get over a million last week. So if if Sasha gets nine hundred thousand, what does Ember Moon get? So it just felt like they didn't wanna put all the big guns out there because of the Jericho theme to it. So getting to AEW and I already covered a lot of it, as you noticed during the show. Like I said, my style's totally different than everybody else's. But Brian Cage retains the FTW championship, beating Will Hobbs. Uh, Not a bad match, but Will Hobbs has a long way to go. I don't mind somebody that is usually relegated to dark getting a match on Dynamite. There's nothing wrong with that. I go back to, if you want to start with the Monday Night Wars, I go back to WCW Nitro, and you would see, you know, like... 
a, a, a Volano number five or whatever it is taking on Rey Mysterio. Or you'd have, it wasn't always a top name every time. Kid Romeo versus Rey Mysterio. It, it's nothing wrong with that. But the FTW title has not been defended all that much. And they really made this feel like a spectacle. And in the end, it pretty much showed that Will Hobbs definitely has a bright future and should be a star, barring injury or just screw up. Um, just not yet, not yet. It feels very randomly put together that suddenly Will Hobbs gives a shit about John Moxley and Darby Allen and others. So let's see, let's see a month from now what they do with Will Hobbs. Let's see. Let's see. Um, after the match is over, Taz gets on the mic, stops Cage and Starks from attacking Will Hobbs, and basically is telling Will uh, Will Hobbs that you know you lost, but you still you know you 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 did a great job, blah 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 blah, and he gives him the opportunity to join Team Taz. You got option A, option B, and A is join Team Taz. B, you know, he probably gets his ass kicked. Before he could even make a decision, Darby Allen's music hits. He hits the ring. Go back and look at it. Brian Cage nonchalantly leaves. Ricky Starks nonchalantly leaves. And Darby Allen is just looking at them with the skateboard and Taz, you know, saying, one of these days. I honestly thought for a second Darby was going to hit Will Hobbs with the skateboard. Um, Like I call him, Darby dumbass, you know, for the... over-the-top stuff, but I'm a huge fan of Darby Allen's future. Just got to reel him in a little bit. But I think Darby Allen should ultimately turn heel and join maybe Team Taz. I think him and Ricky Starks would be phenomenal as a team. But, you know, we're going back to more and more fans. You know, Uh, so Darby Allen is a fan favorite. But I think down the line, or you know what? Yeah, Sam. Maybe Hobbs turns on Darby Allen. It's not a bad idea. But, yeah, Austin, you know, when they do the -the over-the-top stuff, like he jumps off the bridge and jumps off a mountain, and I'm exaggerating with that one, you know, that's where Darby Allen turns into Darby Dumbass because that's where you run into, you know, this guy. I I told you, the two people I fear the worst of a, a bad injury, and don't get me wrong, Ridge Holland's injury was bad. Carrying Cross's injury was bad. Finn Balor's, we don't know how long he's going to be out. But, um, I mean scary bad. I mean scary where you think somebody's career is on the line. Shotzi Blackheart and Darby Allen. It's just, I got really nervous feelings about both. Shotzi, all those bad bumps, she's falling backwards on her back and it's too arched, and she lands on her neck. I just hope one to God one day she doesn't straight straight down. So all you got to do is reel in Darby Allen a little bit. Everybody knows, you know, he's out there and he's different. And some people have said he's almost like Raven-esque, you know, with his, you know, being by himself and all that. But um, some of the over-the-top stumps, stunts are not needed. It's not needed, so... Lance Archer promo, setting up his match with Moxley next week. Moxley promo as well. Um, You know, it was good. 
I actually liked Archer's promo really well because he talked about Moxley tearing the house down in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's another thing I like about AEW. AEW is not afraid to let people know that there are other promotions out there. Even Kenny Omega cutting promo earlier and kind of like hinting about the G1 Climax when he talked about being in tournaments before. You know, AEW is confident that if people know about New Japan, they're suddenly not going to stop watching AEW just for New Japan. You know, I like that they do that. FTR beating TH2, the hybrid two. Did not like that match at all. Funny in the back, the Young Bucks, they're not only looking at the monitor, but they look like they look like dogs. When a dog does something wrong, and you're scolding the dog, and the dog is looking the other way, and you're like, you're yelling at the dog, and the dog's like, just looking like reluctantly. That's what the Young Bucks look like. Look at the fucking screen. They're like standing sideways like this. And then they super kick the cameraman. No, seriously, right? Look, go back and look at them. They, they can't look at this. They have to be like reluctantly like this. Jack Evans and Helico. It's funny because after all these years, Jack Evans, the good old Jack Evans still comes out. One thing I always remember. In fact, I remember that night in Yonkers. It was Jack Evans versus Teddy Hart. And they just went into business for themselves. Like, they had to do these over-the-top things, almost like to impress the ladies. That I remember, we, you know, a lot of us thought that they were doing this. Like, it, wasn't, it didn't even feel like a match. It just felt like they were just doing all these over-the-top insane stunts just to impress the women around ringside. Jack Evans tonight... You know, hitting spots and doing crazy stuff, almost like, hey, look what I can do, and then missing, and missing, and missing. It just a very, very sloppy match. But I will tell you, I'm enjoying FTR more and more. Little things paying tribute to the brain busters that a lot of people would not even realize. The way they both entered a ring at the very same time, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. The way they would hold the ropes to let Tully Blanchard in the ring, Bobby Heenan. They do a lot of little nuances that are straight retro brain busters. FTR, I'm telling you, man, I know this sounds nuts, but I've been saying it for a few times now. I think FTR might have been the best. I think AEW in the COVID era, they may have used... FTR have probably adapted the best out of anybody. You know, seriously. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some wrestlers have killed it. I'm not comparing them to Cody and everything, but FTR was a team. I don't think anybody out there thought that they would fit in this nicely in the world of the flippy flips and all this other stuff. They, I, I'm, I'm enjoying them. If you're not a fan... They don't connect with you. I, I totally respect that. Not everybody's going to connect with everybody. But FTR really showing me, you know, they, they're showing everyone that it could be a tag team facing them that are a, have a ground game, or it could be private party, 
could be high flyer, could be this, and they adapt very, very well. They adapt very, very well because they don't do high spots. And the fact that they're getting this, you know, much attention and working so well without having to do high spots, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I like the power and glory finish. I, I like a lot of the old school. I mean, but just the overall aspect of them, it is very retro, but it's also, they don't have to tell you that it's retro. They just do it. And they're doing it in 2020 where it doesn't look boring or it doesn't look out of place. You know, they have adapted very, very well. Um, yeah, the comedy segments with the Usos was not very good. And again, I invite you to go back and look tonight, even though I'm probably going to pick up this shirt. I don't think the crowd really re received it all that well because, you know, a best friends, Orange Cassidy is the one who was over the most, but best friends, I'm, I really don't connect much with best friends. I mean, their war with Santana and Ortiz, which have disappeared, um, as far as in ring, you know, they had an awesome war. That back back parking lot brawl was awesome. Maybe top five in my matches this year in AEW favorites, but I'm still not feeling best friends. Like if they never showed up on Dynamite ever again, I would not say even a couple of months from now. Like where's best friends? Like it's just me. It's just me. So Cody. Winning back the TNT Championship, we talked about it earlier. You know, once again, very, very cool that they brought Greg the Hammer Valentine. You know, look, he's been doing this for decades. He never looks happy. Once in a while, you'll see him on social media or a little video here and there or a screenshot. And he's got a little hint of a smile. But, um, you know, they brought Greg Valentine, and obviously because of this infamous match from 1983, you know, it just uh, an awesome match from Starcade. And um, once again, you know, we called it the day Cody lost the title. It felt like Cody was going to lose it, a la Rocky Three. He was going to TV. They were gonna, he was going to find himself. And then he was going to come back and challenge Clubber Lang and win the title back. And that's what we got tonight. But they beat the crap out of each other. Still trying to figure out why Brody Lee got busted open originally. They said because of the pile driver through the table. If you look at that pile driver spot, it looked like Cody got the worst of it because like Brody Lee's butt just like landed on Cody's face. But that was a flat-out brawl. That was a flat-out brawl. And with matches like that, the visual is what you always remember. And the, that spot right there, that visual, is what will always remain with me as far as this uh, dog collar match went. It was, it was phenomenal. Absolutely loved it. And um, you know what? God bless Greg Valentine for looking good. He looks healthy. He looks good. Again, he looks like he's never having a good time, but that's that's how he's always been for years. He's I've heard nothing but nice things about that guy. I know people who have met him at conventions. I've been at a couple of conventions, 
And for some reason, I just never went up to the guy and just thank him for entertain being part of my entertainment in yesteryear. I'm not going to lie. Back in the day, I was never like, you know, like if, if I had signs when I was a kid, you'd never have me make a sign and say, I paid to see Greg Valentine. But he was a nice compliment to, to the roster. Definitely, definitely enjoyed it. That match tonight was excellent. After the match was over, like I said, Cody caught in that promo that, you know, people are saying he's going to go dark and this is an ad. I'm doing it for the fans and, you know, a little over the top, but fans enjoyed it. Cody having a phenomenal entrance with all the pyro and everything else. I mean, they are spending bucks for Cody entrances, but hey, he's the one working, I don't want to say working the hardest behind the scenes because a lot of people are working hard. But that guy is working his ass off. So they want to reward him with a little extra pyro. So be it. So be it. So we found out tonight that the next three contenders added to the eight-man tournament. Uh, It will be Kenny Omega. Excuse me, not Kenny Omega. Adam Page, Hangman Page, Cole Cabana, and Wardlow. I'm not going to lie. An eight-man tournament to crown the next number one contender. Um, sorry for saying it this way, even though I like him. He's very talented, and he's he's a awesome utility man. But I don't think Cole Cabana has any business being in an eight-man tournament for a number one contendership. It just feels like, once again, someone working behind the scenes also doing, you know, wearing many hats... Reward, I I don't know. I just don't feel that he should belong in this. Eight. If it was a 16-man tournament, I'm fine with that. Eight-man tournament, no. No. Uh, Kenny Omega, you know, we're going to see. We're going to see a, a confrontation with Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page in this uh, tournament. Let's see where they go with this. Because remember, this storyline... You know, with Omega asking the Young Bucks, are you with me? Are you with him? You know, add up how many weeks this has gone by now. That storyline is a mess. It's a mess. This stuff with the Young Bucks, you know, again, you know, just kicking whoever they want and Tony Khan allowing it, you know, just very, it's like, it it does feel a lot of very NWO-ish, where they can just do what they want, we'll be fine, like not taking it seriously. And when Cody, and I'm sorry for bringing this up again, but when I see stuff like that, the only thing that rings through my ears is when someone asked Cody one time, why don't you have a general manager? This way someone is actually booking the matches. When two people are yelling at each other in the ring, you know, you need your William Regal to come out there and, and make the match. And Cody's answer to that fan was, we're not going to insult the fans' intelligence. They know that a GM doesn't have power. We're not going to insult their intelligence. And I'm saying to myself, every fucking match you do in the ring is is choreographed. It's not a shoot. You're insulting their intelligence. This is fucking entertainment. What is this guy talking about? It's when you Again, I'm not shitting on Cody, but it's such a moronic answer. It makes no sense. So when I see this stuff with the Young Bucks and just 
you know, and Tony Khan just disappears, you know, every time it seems like he's taking an extended piss. You know, he's on social media talking about everything, but when they do what they do, you know, he, he disappears. He's talking about the Jaguars or that UK football team or whatever it is. So um, I know for the casual fan, they don't see any of that, but it's showing, it's glaring for a lot of people out there. So with that said, uh, Big Swall gets the win over Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb showing everyone why she definitely belongs in AEW. She is excellent. She can still go. I know a lot of people may have felt that maybe Serena Deeb should have gotten the win tonight. I disagree. As good as she is, and she is there to help bring up the women. She is there to help mold and train and get people better. The women's division, AEW, still needs some repairs, but they are definitely better than where they were even three months ago. And especially the fact that they were able to get Thunder Rosa for a cup of coffee. We'll see if that happens again. It should. The women's division in AEW could improve significantly. And Big Swall is not that bad. She's still got a long way to go, man. What's up, Christian? Still got a way to go. But look at Big Swall versus Serena Deeb compared to Big Swall versus Britt Baker. It takes two to tango. And when someone like Serena Deeb is on that roster, she will only help people. So Big Swall's okay. You know, she's not tearing it up. You know, nobody's put her in, putting her in uh, top tier yet. She's got a little ways to go, but she definitely has talent. She's just got to put it all together. So then the main event tonight, Jericho and Hager beating Chaos Project. We opened up talking about that. You know, I, I give it a pass because of it being the Jericho 30th anniversary theme. But that match, you know, it was not very good. And, uh, yeah, overtime by five minutes. I know we're just about done to wrap it up. So, and he's getting closer. He's getting closer. But, um, you know, that match, like I said, you know, Luther being his best friend, being the best man in his wedding, you know, He's renewing the wedding vows. So this was Jericho's request. Luther is in AEW because of Chris Jericho. And when Chris Jericho does as much as he does for AEW, if he requests, um, what is what is he saying about Leo Rush in AEW? Well, I'll answer that. Well, I'll answer that in a second. Let me finish this match. Um, you know, when Chris Jericho does as much as he does for AEW, And trust me, I know some of you may think I'm wrong, but AEW would not be this far as they have have gone this far in one year if Chris Jericho was not on that roster. They would have been nowhere near the level here. If they would have put uh, put everything on Cody's back, you know, I don't know if it would have worked the same. So Jericho is done leaps and bounds for AEW more than what anyone else could have done. So Jericho's request, he wants to face his friend. 
and Serpenta goes in there as well. I could let it go for one night. Um, the storyline with MJF, and you know, people need to understand this too about Luther. Luther is pretty much done. His career is pretty much finished. Uh, you know, if you don't know anything about Luther's career, Doctor Luther, look it up. He's actually had a pretty damn good career. He's at the end. He's at the very end of his career, and it shows. Um, you know, I, that's why if anybody thinks that you know one day they're gonna give him a put, it's not gonna happen. That's why, like I said, I could, I could, I could, it, I could digest it tonight. You know, it is what it is, but you know, he's at the very end of his career, so don't. I would not make a big deal about it. You know, some people are going to be on social media just tearing this apart. It's not the end of the world, guys and gals. So, you know, after the match is over, MJF hits the ring and uh, has some surprise for Jericho. I I mean, I didn't know what the hell they were going to do. And I like the comedy and I like, you know, how... MJF and Jericho feed off each other. It's it's definitely comedy gold, and I almost could see Jericho and MJF maybe hanging out, maybe making Guevara jealous and others. I could see that happening. But to reveal it to be a clown, it just I thought it was just stupid. But the thing that I loved the most was when the clown gave, or MJF gave Jericho the picture and Jericho ripped it open, and it was a picture of MJF. It reminded me of when Booker T opened the picture in WCW, and it was a picture of Scott Hall, I think it was. Um, you know, like MJF, it was a joke, and Jericho laughed at it, but what I en- the only part of it that I enjoyed is if you go back, when Jericho smashed the picture over the clown's head, I don't want to say... I don't want to say that the clown did anything he wasn't supposed to. Um, my interpretation in my entire lifetime, from Captain Lou Albano having a pitcher smashed over his head to Jericho with Kevin Owens and others, whenever a pitch, even Cindy Lauper, or, or was it Wendy Richter with uh, Heath Slater, whenever you smash a pitcher or something over somebody's head, you go down. And when the clown got the pitcher smashed over his head. He just stood there and didn't even flinch. And Jericho looked like he nailed him in the face. It looked like Jericho, I swear to God, if you go back, it looked like, it's almost, it, 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 I'm probably wrong, but it felt like Jericho was like, you're supposed to go down, motherfucker. Boom! And just laid, a, I mean, just laid it into him, Seriously. Yeah, Rock did it twice to Ron Simmons. Yes, yes, great one. Absolutely. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I thought that segment fell flat. It was kind of good that they had everybody come out with champagne and toasting Chris Jericho for real to just get off that topic as quickly as possible because if they would have went off the air with that, I think a lot of people would have been like, what the fuck was that? Seriously. It just um, didn't look really good at all. But, you know, it was nice tribute, 30 years of Jericho. He's not retiring, you know, so it's just celebrating 30 years of Jericho. It was a themed 
dynamite. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, I haven't checked my history show in a while. I don't remember the exact date that Jericho had his first match. I know I have it written down somewhere, but uh, he celebrated 30 years at Jericho. And that's that's all it is. I don't think he should retire, James. He has a lot of Gaga matches now, but you know when they need him to really step it up, he does does fine. But you know he's he, on TV. He's a he's a cog in a wheel, but you know he's a very important part of that wheel, and uh, it was fine. It was fine. So before we go. Um, Markel World said, sources say Leo Rush to be an AEW. Um, interesting. Leo Rush, extremely talented. I think behavioral was more of the reason why he was let go from WWE. Uh, Leo Rush, very sour taste in his mouth about his recent stint in wrestling to the point that if I recall, he was retiring. So if he could get new life in AEW, that guy is uber talented. He is uh, got an OnlyFans account. Mission, I talked about it, I think, Monday. And uh, look, if he could get that fire back, good for him. You know, I mean, hopefully it doesn't take one match, though, because it was weird because when Eric Young came back to Impact, he had one appearance and he did an interview. He's like, the fire is back. I lost that fire, and I, I now have it back. I'm like, what appearance? What are you talking about? So, um, yeah, look, man. Ben, I know Leo Rush said that you know, he swore to ne- never wrestle again, but you know, I'll say this. I'll say this. When you have the talent that Leo Rush has, and we have seen Leo Rush you know, at his lowest, and when he won the Cruiserweight title, and he definitely deserved it at that time. I'm sorry, I'm just closing some boxes here. When you have the level of talent that Leo Rush has, you know, him returning to wrestling, if he takes it seriously and he's a little bit more mature, that's a good thing. That guy could tear it up. Why would you want a career or someone who is that talented to just pack it in? You know what I mean? Wrestling, you know, could for some of these people could end up really leaving you with just a real bitter feeling that you just don't want to do it anymore. And um, that guy is really, really talented. And like I said, I think they missed the boat. When they were doing this stuff with Lashley and Lana, when they were teasing that Lashley was hitting it with Lana, Leo should have been the manager at that time because I would have popped if it you know Le, you know Lashley's getting getting some action and you hear Leo Rush in the background going Lashley 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 but it didn't end up that way so Leo Rush is if he, if he could get his head cleared and return to wrestling I'm absolutely all for that so anyway with that said everyone I'm going to get out of here. We will continue this conversation on Monday. Oh, last week. I don't have the ratings. We talked about it on Friday. I missed it by this much. I think I was within 6,000 of the AEW rating, and I was within 8,000 of the NXT rating. I, I, I nailed it. Just drop off. It, ratings for this week, 
I'll tell you, man, the presidential debate is definitely going to take a little bit of a hit here. And maybe that's part of the reason why WWE gave a pretty weak card, in my opinion. So I think tonight, I think AEW, I think they're rating. Wow, it's interesting because 30 years of Jericho, you feel like some maybe some additional fans would tune in for 30 years of Jericho. I say AEW, wow, this is really, really hard to call. Um, I'm thinking AEW maybe stays around the same. I'll say, you know what, I'll say for AEW, I'll say eight. You know, I say to go, I'll say 877. 877 for AEW. NXT, I think, goes down. NXT, nothing grabbed me. Kushida and Ciampa, but after that, a lot of it just fell like... So I'm going to say uh, NXT. If AEW is 877, I would say around 1.4 and a half million fans would tune in. So that would be around 600,000 for NXT. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 620. That's, that's high, because that's 1.5 million so I'm going to say, you know what? Yeah, I'll say 620 for NXT and AEW. AEW's feels high, but I'll just, I'll stick with it. We'll see what happens. So Friday, um, we'll pick up where we leave off. We'll talk SmackDown. We'll talk draft. We'll see what goes down. We'll see if we nailed any. If we get the uh, quarter hour ratings, I'll get into them as well. Maybe we'll do some Chris impersonations. We'll talk about we'll talk about the draft already. Yeah, we'll do that, and um, yeah, we'll get into other stuff as well. And uh, I hope you can join me. So, everyone, thank you for the support as always. Before you go, you know, for feedback, if you enjoyed tonight's show, give it a thumbs up. If you didn't like it, give it a thumbs down. You know, interacting is definitely much appreciated here. And uh, the more you interact, the more visibility I could get elsewhere, which is really, you know, a, a big boost for yours truly and the Donzilla Army. So please, before you go, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And don't forget, this Sunday, I'm going to be answering everybody's questions. I'm going to do that Q&A. So if you still want to be part of it, it's not too late. Right on the channel, you'll see the thread for the Q&A. And just post your question. A lot of people have already posted their question. Ask whatever you want. If you want to, if you have politics on your mind, post it. I'm fine with that. So, uh, so join me Friday, 10:05 p.m. Eastern, and then Sunday it either starts at either 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was thinking about recording it Saturday and then just uploading it on Sunday. I don't know if uh, if a lot of people are going to want to tune in live on a Sunday night, especially since Monday night I'm going to be here again with Mish. So there is a possibility that I may just record it Saturday and then upload it on Sunday. So you could take part in that. And uh, that's it. Everyone be well. Much love as always. And I will catch you all again on Friday. Take care, everybody. Good night.